We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 236 On this episode, we'll be talking about a few news stories uh, From the last couple weeks And uh, then we'll also be covering uh, what we did at Comic-Con 2014 Or... uh, I guess you could say, you know, what we did at Nerd Summer Camp this <laughs> <laughs> for the summer. And then uh, a couple of, or a few uh, TV recommendations at the end. Uh, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 236. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Ivy from clickclack.com. And Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. Well, thank you uh, both for, for joining me. Seems like I just saw you, like, not... Not that long ago. It's like been every so long, day for the guys. Past week. It's, it's like I don't know what you look like anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally it's the I haven't, you know, I have somebody on the podcast and I haven't really talked to him or, you know, seen them in, uh, you know, in like a year or something or a few <laughs> months or something. So this is an interesting, this is an interesting one. Also, I think uh, kind of a first, I don't think we've done at least not like, the week after really done a recap of or talked about comic-con after we always do a preview but sometimes you know it's hard schedules are different everybody's you know getting home and back at different times and you know going back to work or doing all kinds of stuff so it's uh this is uh i think this is our first sort of recap instant instant recap so to speak I like being the first at anything, so I appreciate the intake. (laughs) All right. With that, we'll jump into the news. Uh, There's been a a few things over the last couple weeks since we didn't have an episode last week because of Comic-Con. First up, in the last couple days, CBS announced that they're moving Extant uh, back an hour on Wednesday nights. Uh, So that'll start with episode four this week. Uh, I'm... Not sure how many more people watch it after a repeat of Criminal Minds as opposed to a, a new episode of Big Brother, but I think it's found its audience of what it's going to get. It's yeah, Max audience. It's going to make it more likely for me to fall asleep while I'm watching, <laughs> yeah. which is what happened when I watched the first episode. So, whatever it works. all gets recorded on the DVR for me, so it doesn't matter when they air it. <laughs> I'm not watching it live anyway. Are either of you guys watching this? I am on the fence of when I'm going to quit watching it. I'm still uh, I watch the first three, but or maybe the first two because of Comic Con. Um, so maybe I won't even bother. Yeah, I've only watched the first one. Uh, the f- the other two are part of what's clogging up my DVR for the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I jumped off that fence, Kyle, at the 38 minute mark in episode one. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> Is that DVR. okay? Is that thirty-eight minutes, including commercials, or thirty-eight minutes into what was like a forty-one-minute episode without commercials? You, I, I wasn't awake enough at the time to be able to make that distinction. <laughs> so, so it could likely be like twenty-one or so minutes into was, the actual just, show. It's just bad, man. I don't. I don't. It's there's too much talent in that show for it to be that average and not uh, unintentionally funny, like Under the Dome. Well. I, but I, but I'm still a sucker for Under the Dome. I'm still watching that. I don't. I'm still don't. watching that one too. <laughs> Extant. I know it's one season. I may not even bother. Uh, to yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
But if uh, if you if you're watching Extent, let us let us know why you've continued <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> that, if that, if you're one sounded, of the three people still watching, sounded, please chime in. That sounded extra bad. <laughs> that. All right, move on to uh, Comedy Central has renewed uh, Drunk History and uh, Nathan for you. Drunk History really seems like a show that or a topic, kind of an idea that. We really should get Amory to explain some historical events <laughs> the next time we're at a party with her, because that could be gold. Uh, yeah, I, I tried. A, I tried a few episodes of that, and I just couldn't get into it. But I really enjoy Nathan for you, so I'm glad that's coming back for another season. I don't watch either, but I've heard enough about Drunk History last week that it's something I want to check out. Yeah, they they ask drunks to talk about history, and then they have somebody like. I guess they've had like a Jack Black like reenact the 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 events as told by the drunk person mm. uh, and stuff like that. So it does sound like it could be pretty pretty funny. Next up, uh, FX has renewed Fargo for a second season uh, and Louis for a fifth. Uh, neither uh, all that surprising considering uh, how well they've done and well critically acclaimed Louis is. But yeah, Fargo will be back for another season set. I think this one's going to be set in like the 70s or something like that. So like just a whole completely new cast and really and everything. So huh. uh, I thought that they might do some sort of like they tell a whole new story, but there might be like a through line of, say, like the cop or something like that. But apparently they're going to, you know, sort of while not necessarily doing the, uh, you know, like the American Horror Story players is doing with the same cast playing different parts each time they're doing uh, not that they necessarily won't necessarily hire some of the same people back if but they're doing a completely totally different uh, take but set in that same sort of weird type of world Mm. i enjoyed the first season so i'm looking forward to whoever they hire for the cast to see what happens that's one that i'm gonna that i'm going to binge watch because it's over the first season's completed now at this point right yeah yep yeah, it's one of those things I plan to pick up in August. August is my clean off the DVR, clean off all of the stuff that I heard about at Comic-Con that everybody tells me I have to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's that month. Yeah, that's – yeah. Uh, I have I have those all uh, sitting here that need to be watched. It was one of those I just couldn't – I never even watched the pilot. Like there was just too many other things, and I don't have any sort of attachment to the movie I'd, yeah. I actually didn't like the movie, so uh, there. So the idea of this, everybody talking about this great movie is, and they're doing a TV show, and they've actually done a good job of, you know, sort of recreating that style, uh, you know, without the actual people who did Fargo, didn't really, you know, interest me. So, but uh, I will at some point at least try to check it out to see. Uh, that's that's one of those on the there's like a couple lists there's like the long term list and there's like the short term things like they're like recent yeah uh, that uh, that I have like you know like right now or have access to like right the second that I can watch but then I also have like two to three episodes of about five or six other things that I'm behind on. Huh. Because this is what, of Comic-Con and stuff like that. I go to Comic-Con to, to cover TV, and I literally, other than having SportsCenter on in the background in my hotel room, I did not watch any TV for from Monday night, you know, to, you know, from the Monday night before until this Monday night, last night, 
Yeah, we did, didn't turn the TV on once. I didn't even turn on the hotel TV at all. Yeah. yeah. We need to end this whole 365 programming. I need my summers back to catch <laughs> up on TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, uh, MTV has renewed uh, Teen Wolf for a fifth season. They announced that uh, at the panel at Comic-Con. And uh, another uh, expanded season like they've done with the season four. So it's going to be 20-something episodes or whatever. So really... They're on to, like, uh, season seven based on how they started the seasons. <laughs> well, the last one was for 24 episodes, so it actually split into two full seasons. I think this one was just 20 episodes, unless later they're going to announce we yeah. picked up four more or something. Well, but they, I, they'll probably split it into, you know, two seasons tens. of tens or something like yeah. that. But still, it's still the long, you know, many more episodes than uh, the original just 12. So that, But they're pretty close to coming up on... By the end of that, they'll pretty much done like five seasons of you know ten to twelve episodes. Yeah, Teen Wolf ensuring that pretty children have jobs everywhere. <laughs> I've never Actually, seen a prettier group of like teenagers in my life, or quasi teenagers. You don't turn on the twenty something plain teenagers. <laughs> yeah, but at least for for whatever reason it is, the cast of Teen Wolf feels younger than the cast of every other show on CW. I, I don't know what it is, but it's you can be around the CW guys and know that they're 22, 23, 24 years old. You walk past the Tinoa folks and you're like, can they drink yet? Are, are we sure? Yeah. No, 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 really. Can can you serve them? Kind of thing. So Yeah, well, some of them, especially like the new cast member, he just, uh, that, that they just added to the show this year, he just actually graduated high school like early <laughs> so like uh he's uh you know he's actually only like 18 and you know playing 16 so that's uh that's actually pretty impressive in my book because because <laughs> it messes with your head when you have the 25 year old 16 year old <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't quite mesh uh lastly on the news uh, TNT has renewed Falling Skies for a fifth and final season, uh, The Last Ship for a second season, and uh, Major Crimes for a fourth. I'm really, really happy that Falling Skies is coming to an end. Um, not because I don't like the show. I love the show. But it's one of those shows that if you, I think if it were to try to fill another two more seasons or three more seasons, it would find itself in a very bad place. And I think stopping it after, what, you know, 14 more episodes from what I've seen is a perfect idea. And I like that they know it's the end so they can write it to an ending rather than leave a cliffhanger and hope for another season. Yeah. Or have to leave it open. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. there's some weird stuff going on this year and it's like, how much further are we going to go with this, guys? Yeah. Because <laughs> the show is sort of, it gets revamped from season to season anyways. And so it's like, how many more times can you uh, can you do that, or you know, as a whole, another alien race going to show up? <laughs> you know, yeah. like how many, how many more can, you, how much more can you go? But yeah, I like the idea that they know uh, that it's going to be the last season, and so they can write towards a conclusion, uh, and uh, hopefully that'll that that should be good next summer. And uh, then you know, the last ship, I'm still watching that, and uh, I really like Major Crime, so glad to see that. Uh, coming back but you know not really a shock there that's one of their top rated shows so 
I'm really liking the last ship. I'm glad it's glad it's doing as well as much as I like it. It's, I mean, it's summer fluff. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I think yeah. it embraces that. Though I'm not entirely sure every member of the cast is aware of that. Yeah, it's it's almost yeah, it's kind of uh, post-apocalyptic in that nature, but it also is more like you know the A team. You know, in this sort of style yeah. of uh, action and stuff like that, it it does sort of feel. I I that's what I said at the beginning. It does it. The last ship feels like a throwback to the action type of shows that I liked in the eighties. As mm-hmm. you know, so that's uh, probably why I like it it now. But I'll let you keep Major Crimes. You're all that's. You're all. I'm still. That. I'm still watching it too, so you're outnumbered. <laughs> and that's fine, you know. That's I've got enough television to watch. Yeah. I have too much. You want some? Well, maybe oh, they can. <laughs> well, maybe you can jump back on when they spin off uh, Major Crimes into the third show that brings back Fritz as the the leader of a division of the a special division of the police department. Well, see, and that's what I don't get about why I didn't like it is Mary McDonald's character, Rainer, was one of my – I loved her on The Closer, especially as they evolved. You know what I mean? As she evolved and that, that kind of stuff. And I was like, OK, you take the vast majority of the cast of The Closer uh, and you unplug Kira Sedgwick and you plug in Mary McDonald, an actress I like and a, char- and a character I like. I'm going to love this show. And it's just like, OK, no. It's – I'm done. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the kid. I don't like – yeah, I don't. I caught some of it last night, and I was reminded by the fact that I'm perfectly content. I watched. I watched enough of the closer. I don't need to watch any more of it. <laughs> All right, and with that, we'll jump on to uh, our Comic Con recap for 2014. We're all safely back home after five days of geek revelry. <laughs> in, wait, uh, Comic Con happened? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't remember Comic Con. Yeah, it sort of seems like wait. It's over. It, it came. It went. It's like back to, uh, you know, almost back to normal. Yeah, it's sort of just sort of blazed right by. But uh, yeah. all right. So looking back on the, <laughs> the on the five days or whatever, what were uh, what were some of the uh, best uh, the best if you attended any panels? What were some of the best panels that you attended? And because uh, this is an easy. Easy question for me. The best panel I attended was uh, the Behind the Music panel on Thursday morning. It was also, I mean, technically, I guess it would also be the worst panel I attended because it was the <laughs> only panel I attended. So, <laughs> but, you know, it was good. Uh, you know, Shane West uh, was the moderator and uh, had a few of, you know, composers from like Hannibal and Fargo and uh, the guy that did uh, Dexter and, uh, you know, an interesting. I'm interested in those sort of behind the scenes things of how TV gets made type of stuff. And so uh, that was an interesting panel that I you know, then did the press room for afterwards to talk to uh, some of those people. And uh, which was also very interesting because uh, I was in the press room with uh, Kate Kolzik, who's been on this podcast as a guest from the Televerse podcast, who is very much into music. Uh, and that style of music is a, uh, you know, is a trained violinist. So listening to her ask questions was a great, that was also a really good, that was one of the better, uh, uh press rooms, uh, on for Thursday. But, uh, how about you guys? Uh, 
So I only attended one panel as well. Well, one <laughs> one, one, one complete panel. This was a very different Comic-Con for me. <laughs> um, the only panel I attended, which was on Friday, was called Nobility on Earth. And it was – there's some new series that's coming that's currently in production called Nobility. And it's like a – they're calling it Firefly meets The Office. It's like a – parody of like a um like a spaceship show and it stars like a ton of people you'd recognize from all these past shows like there was christopher judge and tori hickson from stargate sg1 and stargate atlantis there's doug jones from pretty much everything and a bunch of other people um on the show and originally the panel description said they were going to be in character for half the panel and then they were going to do a q and a but it was pretty much just uh q and a i think it's because uh doug jones had to leave after 10 minutes to go to some other panel he was doing that night so uh but i mean it looked enter- like an entertaining show it looked like it could be it could be fun i have no idea where it would ever air or if it just end up being like a web series or something or on DVD or something, but it looks like it could be fun. Um, and then on Thursday, there was like the Batman 66 press conference, which for all intents and purposes was like a, a panel. It was just a small panel. <laughs> yeah. A and bit, that was a lot of fun. Like a little Burt bit of Ward private was, panel. Yeah, it was just a very small, intimate panel. But Burt Ward was just hilarious telling all these stories about all the times he was almost killed or seriously injured on the set. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a blast. But I, I, I unfortunately had to leave that one early to go to, um, to the uh, Sharknado 2 press room. But it, look, it was just uh, his stories were great. If he has like an autobiography or something like that, I, I think I'll have to pick that up just to, to read these stories. Yeah, he, he does. Somebody asked a question based on having read his autobiography and he you know expanded on some of those uh, – and some of those stories, yeah, that was, that was that was pretty good. It, it also on yeah on Thursday that was uh, before their they went off to their panel. I wish I would have recorded that or would have been able to record that. But by the time we got into the room, the room was oddly shaped in the way that they had the chairs set and the where the panel was going to be. So it was like it was only like eight rows deep, but it was like you know. 100 chairs wide mm. uh, and then they had just the three of them up there and then you know like a guy that was sort of like a moderator uh, for the session but then they had these two security people that were standing up at the front of each side and so from the side where I was sitting there was just like a security guy in the way like all the time <laughs> it made no sense cuz you couldn't possibly run the stage like and get to them <laughs> where that security guy was standing and this is a press conference anyway it's not like this is joe public in this room but yeah if they would have been standing a little bit back off to the side you know like maybe like actually where the stairs up to the, <laughs> where they were sitting was uh, it would have been good so yeah i didn't get that one uh that one recorded, but that would have been really hilarious because Burt Ward did have some great stories. Like uh, my favorite one of the ones that he told was uh, in a scene that they had him hanging upside down over some Bengal tigers, uh, and he was he said he was fourteen feet, you know, above them, and he asked uh, the the you know the tiger wrangler like how far can they jump, and he, he, they said oh, only like fifteen to twenty feet, <laughs> 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 and he said and so I'm. Upside down, hanging from a rope, bound behind me. He says, and I look up from where they're filming above me. And he said, and the you know the director and the cameraman are above me in a steel cage. 
<laughs> recording down, uh, shooting at me. <laughs> he said, and then they wanted to get the tigers to move around and do some stuff. And so they hung some meat on wires down below me so that the tigers would jump up at the meat. So it looked like they were jumping up at me. Uh, and I was like, wow, the, uh, the safety regulations in the sixties were something else, man. <laughs> well, if, if nerd HQ panels do not count that I only attended, I only attended half of a quote unquote real panel all week, <laughs> which, which was pretty neat because it, 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 it happened to be an indigo ballroom, which is as you guys know, but as nobody else outside knows, it's attached to the same building that most of our press stuff occurs in. But it was the the panel about George R. R. Martin's new comic book or old comic book. I never never got couldn't stay for all the details. But in a forty five minute panel, he really spent the first twenty five thirty minutes talking about how he got to be the writer that he became. You know the, what he read in his youth and those kind of things. And as someone who's a big fan of his work, that was very cool. And then about the same time, they started talking about the comic book project, which I am I'm not necessarily a reader of. Uh, was about the same time I had to get on the road and ironically go to Nerd HQ for something. Um, that so I had to leave. But if Nerd HQ panels count, I went to a lot more than I had planned on, um, <laughs> and I saw some really cool stuff. My favorite, far and away though, was on Friday. I saw Garfunkel and Oates um, sit up there and and with Nathan, and it was just a blast. They were they were riffing. I mean, they would. They were learning stuff about each other, even though they've been writing partners for three or four years now. And they're just going off on these stories. And the stories, as they're telling each other, it's almost like they're moderating each other's own panel. You know what I mean? They're prompting and pulling and, oh, I didn't know that about you. Blah, 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 blah. It was, it was just hilarious. And, and, and with all of the Nerd HQ panels, they're all available online at the Nerd Machine. So go back and watch it. If you're a Gar- Garfunkel Notes fan, I cannot recommend that panel enough. Those two can be pretty, <laughs> pretty funny together. Yeah, definitely an R-rated panel. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talk about the. There was a couple questions about uh, the fan favorite um, "God's Loophole," and if you know that song, you know exactly why this is an. It's, it's an R-rated conversation. <laughs> so, but no, I, I. I mean, I was fortunate. I saw a lot of neat things um, over there. Uh, uh, the Nathan Philly and Alan Tudyk auction our stuff panel on Sunday and they did a couple of them along the way was incredible they brought out Nathan brought out this poster that was a uh, a graphic of um, Serenity the Firefly class ship from the television show Firefly um, but it was like those old cutaway you know uh, drawings that you could see the inside of the ship it was like not not necessarily blueprints but you know but graphically represented and he signs it and gets Alan Tudyk to sign it. And, you know, they start bidding and it gets up to, you know, bidding starts at 50 and it gets to 100 or 200 to 500. And then it's like going once, going twice, a thousand from the back. And everybody, everybody, this is the first thing they've auctioned and everybody just stops and turns and looks and sees. And the guy's like, yeah, I said it. You know, he's doing one of those. Yeah, I said a thousand. And they're just about to hit sold. And some guy from the other side says, 1500 and we're like holy crap um and then the but nathan and alan said no we sold this for a thousand we're giving it to him for a thousand and then they look at the other guy but fortunately for you and they bring out another poster that's of the of an r shuttle and it's the same exact thing so 
they raised a crap load of money in 45 minutes for a lot of different things. So, I mean, selling everything from magnets to um, to Nathan brought several uh, Pebble watches that he had engraved, and then he and Alan signed the thing. To I'm not kidding. At one point, they go back and get a towel and sign a towel. And then, you know, wiped a little sweat here, a little sweat there. Alan, <laughs> Alan may or may not have, you know, fake sneezed into the thing and sold that for like 150 bucks. It was it was and, and all of that money went directly to to Operation Smile. You know what I mean? So it's not like they were they, that was fundraising for Nerd HQ's operations. All of that money went directly to, to Op Smile. So it was just a very cool thing to be a part of and just to feel the energy in that room. There was a couple things that I'd wanted and I'd. And I'd set in my mind, it's like if something comes up and I will spend X, I don't think anything sold for X or less. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I was I was not afraid. I mean, like the, those Pebble watches, as an example, that's something I want to own. Um, and so I was I would love to have paid for that money and go to charity instead of, you know, to Pebble. No offense, Pebble. Um, but, yeah, no, those things with the stuff that they were going with, because they would group a couple things from here to there. We're going for three or four times above retail. So it was like I said, they raised a, a metric crap ton of money over the course of 45 minutes. Well, that's cool. That's, uh, especially since that was uh, money going straight to, uh, like you said, Operation Smile. Because there, uh, there was a little bit of controversy over their uh, raising money to create an RHQ this year. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't have some of this money is going to charity component to it. Uh, so it's nice that they actually, while creating the event, they actually do raise money, you know, for the charity. Yeah. I'm going to, I've got a, I'm working on a piece. Um, I was one of those people who was fairly critical of the idea of doing a crowdfunding campaign for this, um, that for, for the operation. And I get the difference between, you know, they were doing a crowdfunding to raise money for the the operation of Nerd HQ, which, among other things, is a profit center, but also as a byproduct of that will will include fundraising pieces. I, I was critical of that, even though I understood it. There were a lot of people who I truly believe that just didn't get it. Um, but I tell you, other than the fact that doing a crowdfunding idea was not the right way to do what they were trying to do, I've totally gotten behind what they were trying to do. So, I, you know what I mean? I, the, the piece that I'm working on is going to be relatively positive. So, All right. That's good to hear. And we'll, yeah. uh, we'll move on to the, uh, uh, the next one since we've all covered uh, – <clears throat> gosh, I can't talk from Comic-Con. Con-Crud. <laughs> we all covered uh, a few press rooms. Uh, Kyle went all out. <laughs> this year, <laughs> press room wise. How many did you? How many did you end up doing, Kyle? I think sixteen or seventeen. It was like at least five a day. Yeah, that's yeah. A, so. Maybe that's even more. I can't count. <laughs> well, five a day would be twenty. But yes, yeah. No, I did. I did eighteen, but one of them was the press conference with the you know for Batman uh, the original series, and I don't have any like recordings or any of that i'll probably write something up about it just because it was you know hilarious to sit there uh, and it was sort of cool as sort of your own uh, a chance to actually sort of participate in a panel <laughs> in mm. the middle of uh, press rooms uh, since it was press conference style instead of round tables uh, but uh start with you ivy what was uh 
What were some of your better experiences or uh, interviews or what have you that took place during uh, the press rooms each day? I was fortunate. I did. I set a target with how many I wanted to do and pretty much hit it. I, I wound up with, if my math is correct, nine press rooms. Um, and because you're being selective and I, I was only attending press rooms for shows that I that I watch now or uh, plan on watching and, and, and am a big fan of, um, I, was, I was fortunate in that all of them, as long as they were operated correctly – or well, uh, I, I enjoyed them, and we'll come back to we'll come back to that question later because <laughs> I've seen them. Um, but I was, but but the ones that I liked the most, truly, I was very very fortunate to be able to attend the Outlander press room, which I, I got a last minute uh, reprieve and and was able to attend. Uh, we weren't allowed to do video or or uh, still still photography while we were there, which was a shame. Uh, but they did have they they'd done the the red carpet the night before, and that's where they allowed that type of recording. So I understood I understood why that they did what they did. Um, but I've never been in a more organized room before. Uh, when she assigned when when Nicole assigned us tables, she told us who would we be seeing first, what the pairs were going to be, and someone had to leave early, and we were going to be the table that was going to be um, that wasn't going to get a chance to speak with both person X and person Y. Um, and you know, is that okay? And we're, and you know, I'm like, Hey, you're letting me into the room at the last minute. So it's very okay, but it was very cool. And, and so the, the downside, the, the downside of, of missing Diana Galdabon, who wrote, writes the series or wrote the original book series is our table got to spend, uh, 12 or 13 minutes with Ron Moore, you know, who used to be the showrunner on Battlestar and a bunch of Star Trek stuff who I'm a big fan of. So it was a, it was incredibly well run. Uh, the cast was wonderful to sit with. The two leads um, are the the chemistry that they have. You can very much tell that they are the characters are going to have that same level of chemistry. So I was incredibly pleased. And plus, I got to ask Ron Moore a couple of Battlestar collect Battlestar Galactica questions within the context of of Outlander. I wasn't that guy sitting at the table. <laughs> oh, that one time on, on Battlestar. Oh, that was great. You didn't get your, uh, your, your, your DVD covers signed before he, <laughs> before he left. Well, you know, no, I did not. I did not bring, I did not ask for pictures. I did not get my book signed. I did not get my DVD signed. I did not get pictures signed. I did not do any of those things. Uh, Spoiler alert, that's coming up. (laughs) Uh, We'll check that off the list. We'll we'll circle back around to those people. Kyle, what was your favorite? Uh, So the original question was favorite each day, so I'll just run down quickly. uh, So Thursday, I think it was probably Sharknado 2, just because everyone was just so excited about working on the project, and you could feel that excitement uh, while talking to these people. And then they all talked about their various different plans on what they're going to do for uh, tomorrow night's uh, worldwide premiere. So it it was a lot of fun. Uh, On Friday, there were quite a few good ones, but I especially enjoyed uh, Dominion and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Dominion, I I actually got to talk to Giles, and so that was just nice to get to to talk to uh, him or Anthony Head for for the actual actor's name. Um, And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just getting to see most of the cast, um, 
cast there. I liked how uh, the guy who plays Wade was wearing a uh, Hydra T-shirt just to rub it into everyone. So that was kind of humorous. Uh, on Saturday, uh, uh, another sci-fi one, the Defiance one, just because the cast was a lot of fun. Uh, and Jamie Maria asked her what it was like filming the uh, bathtub scene with Rafe, and she just went into this hilarious animated uh, response. And you'll be able to see that eventually on the the video when I post it. But it was just a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, Sons of Anarchy was just a crazy, crazy press room, but also well run. We got to talk to most of the people. Uh, and I can go into those stories in uh, one of the future questions. <laughs> That's a, Yeah, for me, uh, Sons of Anarchy has is, is always been a good, especially the last couple years where they've brought a lot more of the cast. Uh, the first couple years they came, uh, it was mainly just like a, you know, Kurt Sutter, Katie Seagal, uh, Charlie Hunnam, and uh, Ron Perlman, and then maybe, uh, you know, Maggie Siff or like one or some, you know, but the last few years they've brought, you know, like 10 or 12 uh, cast members. So they usually end up doing pretty well because in the press room, because they have enough people to be sending around. So you're very seldom ever don't have anybody sitting at your table. Uh, but then the cast, is just uh, a lot of them are really great. A couple of them, like they sat down uh, Mark Boone and Tommy Flanagan, and it was just like a six minute variety out, you know, variety show. <laughs> they were just uh, riffing on everything, but you know, there was a few little things that came out of it. But it was also, you know, like Katie Seagal came by at the exact time that Kyle was asking the question, like, "What are you going to miss most?" And Katie was like, "Me." You know, as she's walking by, but that set them off to singing a song about Katie and then fake crying about missing her. That you know, just stuff like that was uh, really funny. Or like uh, Kyle, when uh, you say somebody came up behind you and, and yeah, it was and it was like, oh man, the the composition's all wrong on that shot. And Kyle turns around and it's Kurt Sutter. He was looking down my video camera as we were talking, interviewing Katie Seagal. <laughs> Like all of a sudden, I felt this tapping on my shoulder, and like, dude, dude, your your composition's all off on this. (laughs) And that whole thing ended with like Mark Boone like shooting his like (laughs) rubber band, hit me straight in the forehead. First, he said, "You're fired. You didn't ask any questions." But I had already started to ask that other one that they broke off into song about, and so they forgot. I even asked a question, and then like, "You're fired." And they shot his his rubber band towards me, but hit me right in the forehead. And then he goes off looking for it because he needed it to tie back his hair, and he couldn't find it on the ground. It was just a very chaotic and strange uh, press. Yeah, but we also but we ended up with everybody uh and you know but it was interesting to talk to them about, you know, their feelings, you know, in this case they know going in this is the final season. You know, got some good stuff uh good stuff there. I'm trying to think on going jumping back to Thursday. I'm not sure what would be I guess Hannibal probably the press room for Hannibal is probably uh was pretty good, but overall I think on Thursday probably the just the behind the music one just because some of those smaller type of panel things that don't have, you know, like big name stars type of thing mm-hmm. is less people are trying to get into them. So it was, you know, there were three of us at a table, uh, you know, for a, a little, what ended up being a little over an hour. And we got to talk to all six of the composers for like, you know, somewhere between 12 to like 20 minutes, you know, asking them questions about uh, creating music for the the different shows that they worked on. 
or or stuff like that. And so that was that was probably one of the best ones, just because uh, I always look for at least one of those each year to get into because the experience inside of where you actually get to talk with these people for a little bit and it's less chaotic, it's less noisy uh, in the room because there was there, there was like uh, there was like four tables and a little bit of a press line, but there was only you know three to four people at each table. Mm. So it, it, it made it a, a really good uh, experience. And, and like I said earlier, I really enjoy hearing about how they, you know, how they work, uh, you know, behind the scenes to, you know, because especially on a show like Hannibal, I mean, the music is super important. It's not, you know, it's, uh, and all the components that go into that show to create that atmosphere, it's a huge uh, piece of, of the puzzle. Um, Friday, press room wise, Man, I'm trying to think of what it's, it's hard to think of, like which one stood out in a good way. <laughs> you had less luck on some of the ones that I had much better luck with. I I'm not I'm not a big fan of standing in lines, so that's why I prefer the uh, the press room experience. Uh, but you know, not uh, that's not to knock anybody who likes to. Uh, Line the the lines at some especially for Hall H this year. I never really saw where Ballroom Twenty lines ended up, but I walked by behind the convention center a lot and saw a lot of the Hall H lines. Let's see, press rooms for uh, Friday. There were some different things like uh, I Zombie. The press room was okay, but mainly talking to uh, Diane uh, Ruggiero, who's you know one of the executive producers with Rob Thomas on the show. She sat down, and you didn't want her to leave. No. Even, and she, and yeah. she thought she was boring us, yeah, and we were kept, entranced. Yeah, she kept being, like, self-deprecating, like, but I'm sure I'm just boring you to tears over here. And you're just like, you're just like, no, just, can can we keep her? Can we just keep her for the hour? And because, uh, you know, on a new show, you're not going to get – there's there's really only, like, a couple of questions you're actually going to get any type of an answer to out of out of the stars of the show – you know things like how they, how they got the part. Uh, you know what are you know even asking them to you know to talk about their characters uh, within the show and how they you know, but they only know so much through the pilot a lot of times, and uh, so the people you really want to talk to on a, on a new show are the executive producers, and when she sat down, you were just like, I wanted to talk to her even more than like Rob Thomas. You know, it's like. <laughs> Just uh, can we get her back? Yeah, that was that was really good. Also, Bones ended up being because David Boreanaz wasn't able to make it there uh, in time for the press room because uh, he was like still filming in, t- in the morning uh, up in L.A. and and uh, caught the Comic Con traffic jam. I'm sure on the way down, uh, but. They can make whatever excuse they want to. <laughs> Somebody always bails on that but, press. But he did make it to the panel, uh, apparently. So, but yeah, but but when you only have uh, three people in a press room and they set up one big table and then the press line, it would have been a little better had we had him because then there wouldn't have been the one little gap where we had. But we got close to twenty minutes, you know, fifteen minutes or so with uh, Emily Deschanel and with the executive producer. So. Had he been there, it would have been really good because, you know, over the hour, you would have got 15 to 20 minutes with all three of them. And that would have that would have been pretty good. 
But I think the the best really on that day, Teen Wolf was was all right because the cast was like super enthusiastic, especially since with the they were just coming off their panel and the announcement of the the renewal for the season and uh, they were just all really like they were really wired, you know, like to, as they were entering the press room. So that one that one was pretty good. Uh, on Saturday, the Flash press room and the Arrow press room; those were the two uh, that I really. Uh, you know, we're looking towards for like the whole weekend. Like those were the two things. Everything else had to schedule around those, uh, and those both worked out uh, uh, pretty well. We got uh, we got most everybody uh, in both of those. Uh, you know, including getting Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin in the in the Flash one, which uh, I have. There's a story <laughs> why that's important coming up in a different question later. But yeah, that was. Uh, that was the good one that that day. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, those were the, those were the good experiences within there. There was you know there was always the, you know this one or two people that were very interesting. Uh, that because like I like I mentioned the other on Thursday being the Hannibal uh, press room. Um, I'm blanking on their names now, but the two guys that play the lab, you know the the lab guys at you know in the morgue for the FBI. Scott Thompson. Yeah, and, uh, they're the they're the they're sort of the comic relief on the show, but that's also that's that's them uh, is, <laughs> and so they sat down and while they did answer the questions more than say <laughs> like the variety show we got in the Sons of Anarchy, uh, we did get some interesting you know funny moments and stuff, including when I asked them about working with what it's like working with the various different types of you know, dead bodies and whatnot that they have to work with, uh, you know, from Hannibal, you know, burnt bodies and, you know, all these different types of weird things. And they told a story of how they sometimes forget that they're not prosthetics and sometimes they're real people. And uh, until one of them like breathes and it freaks them out. (laughs) Uh, And, but the best one was, uh, in season two, there's the episode, you know, beginning of the episode or the season where the guy escapes from being sewn in to a bunch of these other dead bodies, uh, but then they end up finding him dead. And uh, so they have him laying there. And in the scene, the guy's supposed to be like trying to take out some of the thread or whatever it was that he was, you know, wire or whatever that he was sewn up with. And then they yelled, uh, you know, they called cut, but he kept playing with it. Like on on the thigh, he was just like messing with it until the guy that was laying there goes, uh, "Dude, I'm a I'm a real person and I'm naked and this is weird." <laughs> <laughs> so that was also a good, uh, you know, got some good stories out of them uh, in the press room, and so that was that was fun too. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you actually mentioned those two WB panels on Saturday because Arrow in particular, something cool happened. And it caused me to be late for another press room, which I was looking forward to, which is what allowed me the benefit of going to Outlander. So everything worked out. <laughs> but but as it was one of those, as, as we don't always get to talk to everybody, and that's just one of those the the dangers of how this thing works, and that's that's how it is. But as they are clo- as they're bringing things to a close, somebody asks John Barrowman, who's joined the show as a regular this year for Arrow if he would just sit for another two couple of minutes to sit down to this one table. Um, and which I would never have done. I, I thought 
you know what I mean? I thought that was something that that's something I wouldn't have done. But just speaking to the graciousness of John Barrowman, he says yes. He looks at the entire room because he only got to like two tables because he spent a lot of time on the press line and said, if there's anybody that wants to that I didn't get to speak with, come please sit over here with us. Um, And then he goes on for like 12 minutes. Everybody clears out. It's just us, the press room, one publicist and and, um, John's husband. And it's and it's just us. And it was one of those neat moments where you had you had a star doing something he did not have to do for us. Uh, and that was just very, very cool. So I'm a big fan of John Barrowman, but I'm an even bigger fan because of that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Sometimes you get those those types of experiences too, where there, you know, things haven't gone exactly right, but he doesn't, you know, necessarily have to be someplace where they're not exactly having to rush them out to something, uh, and they but they're willing to stick around and and because uh, sometimes you can tell the difference between the actor that's there because they have to be there. And the actor that's there that is really enjoying their show and is really grateful for all these people that like their show. Right. You know, and uh, and John Barrowman seems to be in that category where he's, you know, very, very much likes that people, uh, you know, have liked Torchwood and uh, like him on Arrow. And uh, yeah, he gets it. These, not these every place. A lot of people do not. But he's one of those guys that gets it. Yep. That's uh, that's definitely uh, I think. uh while we're on the subject of uh, panels <laughs> or press rooms, and why don't we just jump to that question of uh, some of the uh, – you don't have to say which room it was specifically if you don't want to. <laughs> but what were some of the uh, not-so-great experiences uh, covering uh, covering some of the press rooms? Uh, and Kyle, we'll start, we'll start with you. For me, it was the last ship press room, and it had nothing to do with the people running the press room. Except for the minor thing that they let this guy in. Yeah. Yes. So we had this guy at our table who every single person that came up, he asked, so in this post-apocalyptic world, blah, 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 blah. And every single time they correct him, the show's not about post-apocalyptic. It's apocalypse now. It's happening right now. So everyone corrected him. And we found out the reason why he was asking this question, because he pulled out his book. Once Ronamicha showed up, he pulled out this book he wrote on post-apocalyptic worlds and proceeded to show her this book, which I'm sure she was so interested in reading his book. But then he also pulled out two DVD covers for Doomsday and asked her to autograph them. And if that wasn't enough, then uh, the next person comes up. As he was lifting that, I could see there was like a Firefly uh, DVD cover waiting underneath. So sure enough, as soon as Adam Baldwin sat down, he got the Firefly DVD to sign as well as some other photo for him to sign. So he's trying to sign these while we're asking questions. So it's just very weird and awkward. He's like, yeah, yeah go ahead and ask your question while he's looking down and signing this guy's stuff. Apparently, after all of this was all over, he then found Ronamitra again and asked for a photo with her. So, yeah. I mean, this is not <laughs> what should happen at a press room. But uh, so it was just a lot of wasting of our time while he got stuff autographed. And because yeah, it, it messed up the beginning of the Adam Baldwin and the executive producer interview and it delayed Rona Mitra because she's a lot of them sometimes, you know, they're gracious. They'll you know, they're going to sign it. Uh, they're not going to. Most of the time, they're not going to just like, you know, <laughs> you idiot. <Yeah. laughs> what are you doing? Yep. So the other thing that it does is it delay. They're they're pulling her from our table and taking her to another table. It delays the amount of time that the next table can get with her because 
or, or or the table after that, at some point, you know, that's two or three minutes of him gabbing with her and her signing stuff that she's not being able to ask answer questions at the other tables. Yeah, that was that was not that was not cool. And apparently that guy was in another <laughs> another press room wow. but not at my table, but was asking that same question because that was his he was all about the post apocalyptic worlds. And he had more stuff to sign, apparently, yeah. too. Really? Why? Well, I mean, you're, you're just you're at, at, after after he pulls out, you know, the first thing for Ronamitra to sign and the second thing for Ronamitra to sign. And then I'm going to show you my book and we're going to do this. And that I guess nothing surprises me at this point. Plus, the first thing he said, can you sign it to me? And he gave his name. And then the other one was, oh, you could just sign that. So he's obviously getting a second copy just to, like, try to sell or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he didn't care what name was on it, he just wanted an autograph on it. Yes, friend. I'm going to find out your name and I'm going to email it to the wonderful publicist at TNT because you give us a bad name. So, yes, I'm going to be a little vindictive and that's what I'm going to do this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to find you and make sure you can't give us a bad name again. Yeah, I, 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 can't, even, I can't even remember the name of his book. <laughs> oh, definitely... oh, trust me, there'll be a signed Doomsday yes. DVD cover giveaway soon. Yes, I've already got a Google alert working. It'll Just look on eBay; it's probably already up. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was uh, something else. Uh, any any others, Kyle? Um, there was another room that was just a little poorly run, where we got two actors at the beginning. Then we sat around for about forty minutes before we got anyone else and then we got an executive producer and then he was joined by the remaining two actors that we didn't get so all that was squeezed into like 10 minutes so it was just poor timing because there were like four press tables and they could have split these actors up and and had it run a little bit better but that was just frustrating sitting around for almost 40 minutes yeah as (laughs) i don't get (laughs) when you have six you know two executive producers and four casts four round tables and a press line, how you can't have at least three of them at the tables while three of them are in the press line. And so that, you know, there's only one table at any time that doesn't have anybody for a little bit, but then to pair them up so that you now just have three groups to move through these things, uh, just it makes no sense to me. Nothing. But do you have anything to follow that, uh, Ivy? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, it's that's what happened. I, that's I mean, it's I I can't I can't expound upon that more. That's uh, that, like I want to be a lot more negative. Um, there was a there was a press room in there, a scheduled press room in there before us, uh, and they were adamant about not letting us in until everyone had gone, even after everyone had gone, uh, or everyone that was leaving had gone. Um, the, the organizations of which tables we're going to be using. And I know, I know this is inside baseball for people who are listening at home, but it's, um, but this is what we do. And telling you about it is, is, is hopefully, you know, while you're listening, um, that, that was done poorly. And then, yeah, they, they set it up and I was like, okay, now we're getting organized. We got two people, the table next to us got two people. They're all moving down the row. And then the executive producers will loop back around to us when they're done and then circle. But then they'll go to the press room and they'll switch with the actors. And <coughs> yeah, we're finally on. Tra- no. <laughs> no, I mean, we start, we start 15 minutes late because of the, the previous room. Uh, we get to sit down and the two people we spoke with were lovely um, and, and, and shared good stories. Um, and all of a sudden, 
45 minutes later and it's it's the end of the well there there was deadlines and and time constraints that like i said i'm not trying to say what day or what what group this was um because I, you know, I don't, but I won't be going back next year and I won't be covering the show next year. I mean, anymore, because it was such a frustrating experience. And then for me to just, I, I went and spoke with, with the person running the room and said, Hey, it's been, well, and I didn't even say it's been 45 minutes since we spoke to anybody, but it had been 45 minutes since we spoke to anybody. I was like, these people have already gone through and we, and these guys, we got skipped. She's like, Oh, I didn't know that. And I, if I hadn't said that, I don't think you ever would have gotten that one of the two executive producer to come back to, to speak to us. I mean, everything about that was wrong, it was done poorly, not wrong, not like we were wronged, but it was just, this is not how it's supposed to do. This is not how it's supposed to work. Go to another press room and just watch it once. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was, it was just disappointing because there was, there were, there were people in the room that got there was a, a two tables in the room that got all three sets of, of speaking to everyone um, before we'd spoke before you guys. Cause I left before you guys had spoken to your second table, your second group. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that one, that one didn't work out and you'll be able to uh, notice once I put, po- <laughs> if you watch the video, you'll know what show we're talking about because there'll be like five minutes of an executive producer talking and then the stars of the show join him but on either side of him so that you can't get them all in the video at once. And so it's an awkward video because I was also taking photos and trying to listen and go about, you know, trying to ask a question and all that stuff. And I didn't always realize <laughs> who was talking and that they weren't on video while they were talking. So that should be a, that should be a really, really outstanding one to watch. I mean, we did get them and they did they did stay you know past the time the press room was supposed to end uh, but they did come to a certain point where they had to go because they had to get back to the convention center for a signing uh, at the uh, at the booth for their show and so yeah that was uh now if, if that's the story they told you that's not true either they did the signing before the room did they yep. no they no i walked over to the convention center later they were doing the signing over there Oh, then they did two signings because they were signing before because I had that was the only other time that I'd been to the convention center and I happened to walk by that booth. And so they'd done a signing earlier, too. So and and the other reason why I was so frustrated with that room and this is and this is again, this is one of those things that you have to deal with is not everybody can be there. Even if they've been there all week, something happens and um, schedules change. And but the the one person, one of the uh, one of the exec, one of the three executive producers on the show. Uh, was the one person I really had some uh, questions that I wanted to ask, and that person was one was unable to make it. So you you throw that on starting late and everything else. It's just like I'm done. Yeah, it was, was such a and it was nobody's fault really. But yeah, it's yeah it's it's kind of like a nobody's fault except that you're just like you you've this is like the fifth time you've run a. And this is like not the only room you've run, you know, like this Comic Con. How how does this go this wrong? But yeah, there was a there was some like that. There's there's always those uh, other other sides. There were, but for the most part, you know, like I said, I went to eighteen press rooms. There was there was the one that was the press conference style that I said that was sort of messed up. That I couldn't really get anything from that because of the way the room was set up. That's not really anybody's fault. <laughs> Who knows how that room's always set up that way or something. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the press rooms ran 
pretty well. It just seemed to be, that for whatever reason, uh, it didn't end well uh, on, on the, uh, the last day. There were some interesting things that happened, but for the most part, uh, like there was one room where I missed the talking to the executive producer uh, because he had to run uh, to catch his train to get out of town. But he also, but I, he also spent like 10 minutes before he left talking to uh, the PR people that were running the room and they had no idea that he hadn't been to our table. Mm. And so there was plenty, he was, there was plenty of time that he could have been at our table for like 10 minutes before he had to run. Uh, So that, that type of stuff was a little disappointing because like I said, with a new show, the person I most want to talk to really is the executive producer. They're the, you know, the, or the writers, the creators, those are the ones that know what's going on. And so that, that was, uh, you know, and then there was another show. There were really two names, but three people that are sort of like the main characters of the show. And we got none of them at our table. Mm. Uh, and so that, that's another one that you're just like, really in an hour and 15 minutes, you couldn't figure out a rotation schedule that got at least one of the main characters to our table. We got all the side characters, although we did get, uh, you know, the executive producer and creator, which was, you know, got a lot of really good stuff out of him. So that was, uh, that was good. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I'd have to say less, uh, sort of less bad experiences overall, I think sometimes than, than can be had. They just seem to stand out in your head that you sort of forget, uh, uh, which is why I always like last year. This year they they had to scoot out of there for their panel, and uh, the next thing was kind of coming in on Sunday for Sons of Anarchy. But uh, and all, uh, last year at theirs, we were all like everybody in the room was like going up to the people, uh, you know, running the the PR people from FX and going, this was, this was great. This was the best run room. You know, it was like you had to like. You you wanted to make sure you went and told them that they had done something that was that seemed like uh, like the best thing ever, considering how like the rest of last year had gone. Because it that was the year where like there was the the one just greatly run press room that stood out above all all the others. But this year there was the you know there was a couple of that sort of stood out the other direction, and unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be the guy that's jumping up and down on. Well, I'm not because we're all we were all there. We were all sitting <laughs> at the same table. We all experienced it. Um, but that really was the exception to the rule. It, it, it was a good year, uh, having particularly well-run rooms in each of the places that I was in. Um, I just have a little bit of a breaking news update. Uh, if anybody wants to go to eBay, they can buy a for ninety nine dollars. You can buy a signed copy of the DVD cover of Doomsday by Rona Mitro. <laughs> Ninety-nine. I, I saw that, but I don't think that's his because the picture that was the qualifying picture wasn't her at Comic Con. Oh, so I think uh, that's different. But maybe he saw that and he's hoping he can make hundred dollars off of it. Yeah, ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. It could be yours. Oh uh, yeah. All right. That's enough about the worst stuff. <laughs> Back to the best. Uh, Ivy, what was the best uh, sort of? Uh, nighttime event or a thing that you attended while at comic-con i think i know the answer 
Well, well, we made a point of doing a, a couple of different things that we that that we wouldn't normally do this year, which was kind of cool. Um, and one of those, and this isn't the best, but I do want to mention it, is we we attended a screening of Prelude to Axanar, which is the which is a almost like a prequel to a fan film that's being developed, um, telling the story of the Battle of Axanar, which is a Star Trek story that occurred. I want to say. 40 years prior to the original series, maybe 30 years prior to the original series. Uh, and that was very cool. It was done off at, uh, at the Horton Plaza. But Tony Todd's in it. Um, Kate Vernon's in it. Another person I should remember his name because he was so good was in it. And then Richard Hatch played the King on, Klingon. And that was, it was just something that was real neat. We did it uh, Saturday night, and it was, a, it was funded by Kickstarter, and they're still in the process of... Um, getting the funding together via Kickstarter and other means for the full movie, so that's that's real neat. Uh, but but far and away, the best party that we attended was was the WB party. Uh, it was it was in, at a neat venue um, at the Hard Rock Float, which kind of overlooks the gas lamp and the convention center. So you have that great view of everything going on around you, and just. I mean, we we've attended a lot of these parties over the years. That that the talent is there because they're kind of forced to be there and they stay, they get there late. They stay just as long as they're kind of contractually obligated to. And then they go on to bigger and better things, which, which I understand. Um, but when we, we walked in the door 15 minutes after it started and there were already four full shows worth of people there, you know, with the entire cast and crew that was there mingling with everybody. And these were, these were, this is that opportunity for those guys to see each other too. So they spent a lot of time, not necessarily talking with their within their own cast, um, but but you know visiting with friends and seeing Grant and and Stephen, which is something I know you're going to tag on later, kind of hanging out and doing some cool things. And it was, it was also interesting to see who was dating who because there was a couple of celebrity <laughs> relationships that I did not know about, but I turned over and I was like, oh, that person's making out with that person. Interesting. So, but that and that, but I had an absolute blast at that. So, I'm very, very happy that we were that that WB invited us this year. The Warner Brothers party is always the highlight, one of the highlights for me. Uh, not just because of the uh, Hawaiian sweetbread sliders that the Hard Rock <laughs> serves, but uh, uh, but because uh, Warner Brothers consistently brings the most shows that they produce uh, to Comic Con. And they do their party on you know Friday night, and most of their cast do panels on Friday or Saturday, so they're all there, and so they all come to the part. They they have them all show up at the party, and for the most part, they stay out. I mean, there are places where they could go congregate away, you know, kind of, uh, and and that's happened, you know, with some uh, before, but for the most part, most of them are just out and about and you can just go up and talk to them if you want to. And, uh, uh so, you know, it's like, I, I got my picture taken with Stephen Amell. I got my picture taken with the arrow. That was my uh, goal for the night. And I, I completed it just as he was leaving <laughs> the, the party. Uh, but also, uh, uh, also got my picture taken with the uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, cause you know, I've, I've loved that, uh, that guy says Ed, that was, that's one of my favorite shows. And, uh, you know, he's good on the flash too. And, uh, but really there was more of a, there were some other guys there that another guy was a big fan of Tom Cavanaugh wanted to get his picture taken, but like, wouldn't go up to him and they <laughs> were trying to figure out how to do it. And pretty soon they like gave up. And so I just went over there and just stood close to him and 
until I got eye contact and just, uh, you know, he looked over and then, uh, you know, somebody else looked over and I was like, I just wanted to say hi to Tom real quick and, you know, told him a big fan since Ed. And, uh, you know, we chatted about the flash for a little bit there, you know, like, you know, they're into filming like episode four or something. And, and then asked for a picture and got my picture taken with him <laughs> the whole time. A couple of the guys that were with the guy that, uh, wanted this picture taken we're like texting him going dude you're totally getting shown up right now <laughs> to uh but he finally came back and they got you know he went i, I showed him the picture i was like dude just go up and talk to him and get your picture taken with him so they all ended up getting their picture taken with him uh af- afterwards but which i'm but, one of those people that hates that that loves more than anything i don't want an autograph i don't but but to get a, a quick picture taken with somebody that's kind of one of those things i really like but I have – I'm also like such the guy that says, no, they're here having a good time with that guy. Let, I don't want to interrupt their time and blah, 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 blah. So I, I love having those. Those are the mementos that I like, but I never have the guts to ask for them. Yeah, because <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's, it's, a, it's a weird sort of experience because, yeah, you don't really want to – you know they're chatting with people or whatever and it, it seems kind of weird. But uh, And also because you're sort of there as press and – but you're – you're also a fan, you know, kind yeah. of thing. It's definitely that's one of those environments where that's it's definitely a la- not allowed isn't the right word, but it's permissible. Whereas, you know, when we're a press room, that's inappropriate. But at these parties, it's okay, sort of. But I, like I said, I, I, I'm, there was I would have loved to have gotten a cup. There was a couple. Amy Acker was there for a little while, and to have a picture with me and Amy Acker would be divine. But I did. But like you, I did get my picture taken with Tom Cavanaugh and Jesse L. Martin together. So. I had two incredible, you know, titans of 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 acting that I did get a picture taken with. So that was kind of cool. How about you, Kyle? So for me, the only party I ever get invited to is the NBC one. But it, to I did get my picture taken with Brian Fuller when I was at that party. So I I, I do have that to check off that I did get a celebrity <laughs> picture. Uh, basically, it was the same situation that you had at yours, Jason, where like you were trying to egg someone on to go and 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 get it. There was one one person there who was so eager to meet him and was obsessed with him. So we were all cheering her on when she to go and 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 meet him when he when he came in he was so happy to be there and so happy to see fans and like he immediately went up to her as soon as he saw her hannibal t-shirt and so i sort of moved my way over there to help uh get into the uh the spot to ask for a photo myself once uh this is yeah speaking of this is where you can tell the people that get it and and like the people that are just there uh you know there were some of the cast members from some shows that uh, from the NBC shows that were there at Comic-Con that came and were there for a little while, you know, got some food, maybe talked with a couple people if somebody came up, uh, but kind of sat off in the reserved area and then left. Uh, the Hannibal cast and Brian Fuller, uh, they showed up, a, you know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes into the night, and they were one of the last people to leave the party. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't leave until pretty just a few minutes before they the the staff of the Solomar started shooting people out. Uh, yeah, I heard somebody said that that the group you guys are with was just sitting back there pounding drinks with the Hannibal cast. So I was like, That's <laughs> but there was, uh, but yeah, like you said, there was the the one lady that I and I was trying to tell her that you know if any place there was to go meet somebody, this is the place to do it. And Brian Fuller is totally one of those guys that that would be totally gracious and would love for you to go up and talk to him. 
Uh, and so much so that when uh, he, you know, he walked in, they were just they were just starting to come in, uh, you know, with their publicist and everybody else. And I was like, there he is. I was like, you go. I was like, go talk to him like now, like catch him before they're like in with the whole where the whole group of people are. And uh, she went over and, you know, she had like the Hannibal shirt on and he saw that and was talking to her for a little bit. And then he started introducing her to the rest of the cast that was standing there. And uh, then came, then they came in and he had to, you know, do something. And he said, but I'll be right back uh, to get a picture. And he, and he, he kept it. He came back and Mm. that's when Kyle and a couple other people also got their picture taken with Brian Fuller. Uh, I walked over. Oh, do you need me to take that photo? I can take that photo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, while you're here. Camera's out. Whoa, what's this in my hand? It's my camera. (laughs) It's already on the camera setting. What do you know? Uh, Yeah, that, but you know, I mean, that's cool. (laughs) Brian Fuller, uh, he's, you know, he's super uh, cool. Like, and and people that he's uh, met at, like the uh, Mel and Liz from Nice Girls, like that he met. Uh, a couple years ago at Comic-Con and they were big Pushing Daisies fans and did a, you know, they had a website about Pushing Daisies and stuff. Mm-hmm. He still remembers them and, and goes up and talks to them by name oh, from cool. just uh, one encounter at the NBC party, like a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, that's just, uh, those are some of the cool experiences that, you know, <laughs> with some of the people that get it, like, uh, of what they're doing and the, you know, the people that like their stuff, uh, you know, because if there wasn't anybody that liked their stuff, they wouldn't be yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, those 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 were some of the good the good ones. Well, Kyle, you've got a photo credit on our website at this point. I don't know if you know that or not. I I know Kyle like was... the front page. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah, you you're in the background of that picture. to use a photo. Yeah, the, the the at that same party, Kyle was nice enough to to snap a quick shot of uh, Michael, who was the third person, the second person from our team that was there, um, and Reggie Lee, who has been a an incredible fan of friend to our website for several years now. So he was, in fact, he was he was talking about how how our editor had sent sent him some of the home uh, homegrown honey, homemade honey that he and his wife do. And that's when Michael and I looked at each other and then looked at Reggie and was like, wow, Re- Reggie gets honey and we don't get honey? <laughs> yeah. That's tough. What's up, so, Keith? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Keith? Come on now. Where's 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 your love? So, but uh, that was a good time. So, And thank you for that help, Kyle. I was just impressed. That, that was another thing with someone who gets it. Like, originally he was going to take the photo and then text it from his own phone to the other two people, which, me, you're not giving a good picture. <laughs> other people stuff so i mean it's not like like yeah, there's that, that level that, that of trust connections there that connection's there so like i said he's a, he's been a friend of our website for a long time so all right so uh, what about some of the things outside the con that were around did you do any of those things like the uh the the gotham zipline or uh the sleepy hollow uh thing they had set up or you know any of those other types of uh interactive things they had set up around the con Ivy, I did the uh, the only one that I got the opportunity to do this year was the Game of Thrones Survive the Realm. I missed that last year, so I put it on my list of find a way to to get that done. And 
HBO was incredibly cool about showing us around. So that we we got a we got to to walk through it. They brought some of their traveling exhibit, which has all the props and all of the uh, costumes that that they show at a bunch of different places. Um, so we got to see some of the, the the costume setups, and they had really cool setups where they'd have the two characters that hang out together, Jamie and Brienne. Well, here's Jamie and Brienne's costume together, and here's Brandon Hodor's costume together. Um, they had some neat interactive things where you uh, a green screen picture where they did a gif where you um, the scene the scene from the first episode of the season where Danny's sitting on the rock and the the dragon sitting beside her and you know breathes fire and does that. Um, they had this really cool thing set up uh, in partnership with Oculus Rift, the the VR glasses, where they put you into this, I want to say it's a cage, but a wooden cage, and they had four across, and threw the glasses on you. And it was, you. the experience was going up in an elevator uh, up up the wall, um, and then you get to the top, and you they tell you to turn around when we tell you to turn around, and you walk up to the edge of the wall, and you see the archers firing down, and them shooting fireballs up at you. And I mean, it was really cool. I, I got to I got to that moment, and they're they're old way at you and everything. And I walk over to the edge of the wall, and I know I'm standing on a platform on the first floor lobby of Tell. Um, <laughs> but, but that vertigo was there. It was like I looked over because you mean as you as you move your head, your the 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 image follows you where you would actually be looking. So you look down, man. It was a long way down. <laughs> so, and then spoiler alert: you fell off at the end, and the falling wasn't the big thing. But I tell you, when I looked over and, and leaned over, I was like, "Holy crap!" So, and then I got my picture taken on the Iron Throne. So, all of you that don't have that, booyah! <laughs> yeah, I saw the lines for that thing, and there was no way I was getting. That was right across from my hotel, but the lines were always insane for that. Oh, it was ridiculous, and they were—they only had limited. They—they they had limited hours. They didn't start till eleven. I think they only ran till five. And it, I heard Leslie Goldberg say it was the easily the longest line she'd seen at Comic Con. So it was—it was ridiculous. It just shows how popular Game of Thrones is. Well, it's kind of like—I uh, mean—a uh, little less, but still, people were waiting a couple hours to go on a ten-second zip line through Gotham City and to get their to get their commemorative you know picture of them flying through the you know uh, with the city background uh, that was uh, that was kind of interesting I, I walked by that a couple times and the line was ridiculously wrapped around that thing uh, all day long from when it opened to when it was closed uh, that was that was one of those but I never I didn't ha- I didn't have uh, I didn't really figure in the time to go do any of those uh, uh, those things. Uh, I, I took some pictures of those things as I went by. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Did you go through any of those? Uh... I got in line. Like, all of these started too late was the problem, because by the time they started, you had to go be over at the press rooms. Okay, I was going to do the the uh, Sleepy Hollow thing. Then the Homer Dome, I was actually in line for the Homer Dome. I was going to be like the next group in, but then I had to leave the line to go over to the, to do the press room for, I think it was Gotham or something. I forget what the press room I had to go to, but I had to leave the line and I never got back around to it. Um, I did get the free slice. You were there. We got the free slice of pizza at the Petco Park uh, at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza thrower thing. <laughs> so that's about the only thing I did. Outside yeah, I guess of the- I guess that was my interactive with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is I got a piece of uh, cheesy bites pizza for free, which was a nice uh, 
Which is a nice little quick uh, snack uh, between <laughs> uh, on the way to uh, go back to some press rooms. So, yeah, that was uh, that was good. So, uh, how about uh, you know while roaming around, do you see any? What were some of the strange or weird things that you saw while uh, roaming around? Anything stick out, uh, Kyle? Well, in the Hilton Bayfront, I loved the Captain Kirk shoeshine stand. <laughs> that was absolutely excellent. <laughs> Um, not really weird, but on Sunday when I was wandering through the hall, I saw a cool, like, father-son dressed as Rick and Carl from, uh, from The Walking Dead. That was kind of neat. In the actual con floor itself, like, I thought some of the booths were really well done. They had some actors who were really dedicated to the roles, like, at the Bates Motel one, they had one guy that was dressed up like, uh, Norman Bates, and he did the, the accent perfectly. He looked like him, and he stayed in character the whole time when you tried to talk to his mother down there and it was just like so creepy and he stayed in, in character the outlander booth had this hilarious woman dressed as like a um, this woman from the past who's like just insulting everyone in like a british accent like anyone who's waiting in line just creating all these insults like what i was not even at that line, but I was over doing something at the Voodoo booth, uh, and she's like, you know they're going to spam your email with that. I'm like, what do you know about email? She's like, you used to have a girlfriend, or something like that. And like, she just stayed in character the whole time. It was just hilarious. But uh, I was just impressed with the dedication of some of these people. How about you, Ivy? Uh, no, for I spent most of the day. Uh, we had I had Wi-Fi on the plane, um, so I sp- I should have been writing up and doing doing work. But I spent most of the day looking at everybody else's pictures from the con, so that I could see what happened. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's that's pe- people always ask me. It's like, well, did you do this and you do that? And I was I was talking with Keith, who from our team, who you guys know, but that didn't go this year, and he's like, yeah, I was amazed at how much more I knew about what had happened at the con because. I wasn't there, and I was able to follow it on social media. Yeah. I was like, we, we missed so much. But, um, I mean, I saw some cosplay uh, some cosplay things that were pretty cool, but nothing really nothing really jumps off the page. Uh, one other thing that I just – that was really weird and strange was actually in one of the press rooms. There was someone dressed up in a full Predator oh, costume yes. smoking an e-cigarette at the, <laughs> at the press table doing interviews, which was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in one of these press rooms. That was at the last ship, wasn't it? In the I think it might have been. That was just an odd press room altogether. <laughs> that was <such> a... <laughs> Well, and his photographer, there was two of them there together, and they were both cosplaying. You're like, wait, what? Wait, huh? Yeah, so, but yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, the, I think the e-cigarette is what put it over the top. Uh, <laughs> that, that was uh, what about the uh, uh, best piece of swag you came away with, Ivy? I um I took very little home this year. Uh, I I got some very cool uh, Rocketeer comic books from the Blood Drive. Uh, Michael and I did the Blood Drive uh, one of the mornings. Um, Don't the, blood drive and drink, guys. Just remember, yes, that's... <laughs> yes. If, if, if I've learned a lesson from this Comic Con, it's that doing uh, giving blood in the morning, not eating all day, and then having a couple of drinks at a party, a horrible, horrible idea. Entertaining um, for the others, though. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, not so much. Uh, not so much. Um, no, but at the, at the Survive the Realm experience, uh, HBO gave out each day they had a different shirt. Uh, and they found out that they, I found out later that they had only a limited supply. They only had two thousand of each shirt um, that was designed by I don't know if y'all will remember, 
but they'd worked with an artist, and, I, and I'm ashamed of myself for not remembering the name. I will stall and Google while while we look at it. Um, but that did the beautiful the beautiful death series of pieces of artwork prior to this season that each uh, each panel um, signified a death per episode, and so each day they released a new piece of artwork. So they um, they engaged the same guy to do. To do a, a piece of artwork for each of the shirts, um, and so they gave out on each day a different shirt. So the day I was there, uh, I've got a shirt from from that. So that was that was kind of far and away uh, the best thing that I got. How about you, Kyle? Didn't you bring like an extra bag just to take swag back? I always do, just in case. <laughs> but I've never bought a single thing on the floor, and I didn't break that this year. But um, so. Whenever I leave the convention center, I just always watch the ground to look for, like, any discarded swag tickets. And I happened to find one on the one panel I went to. When I left, I saw one on the ground, picked it up. I made the trek all the way to the Marriott, only to discover that it was no longer at the Marriott this year. The film room is even further over at the Hyatt. <laughs> so then I, the whole time I'm walking, I'm like thinking, this had better be worth it. I have no clue what the swag ticket is for, but a couple of years ago I had gotten a Thor t-shirt the same way. And so I said, I'm just going to walk all the way there. When I got there, it was for one of those don't kill, hashtag don't kill Sean Bean t-shirts. Oh, you So sure? at least it was something cool. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they still had my size even though that was like a Thursday panel I went on Friday. So I was happy to get that, and that's pretty much the only swag I got all weekend. Although they did give out some, like, gummy worms for the strain and a Sons of Anarchy bandana after those panels because I, I knew they always give out something, so I jumped over there for the last ten minutes of that panel and then left <laughs> just, just to get whatever the swag was. Just leave whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well... <laughs> I uh, I ended up the swag that I ended up with is I came home with Amory's Mike Tyson bag that I can never seem to be able to get to her from my room so I still have that, uh, and then uh, also got some uh, Star Wars stuff from the Hitfix Star Wars party on Wednesday night, uh, like a hat and a T-shirt and uh, stuff but uh <laughs> but really it was the extra Mike Tyson bag on top of my uh, the Flash bag which is the one I actually wanted uh, so very odd to actually go. Uh, through the line and pick up your badge and actually walk off with the one bag out of like ten that you uh, uh, that you actually wanted to get on the way in. Since it how just was the uh, how was that party for uh, Hitfix? Yeah. Oh, that's it's uh it's always pretty good. It's at the same. Uh, they do it at the Solomar, same place where NBC had theirs. Yeah. Uh, up there and uh, but it's you know it's a it's a I like to go because it's a cool chance to see other uh, you know other people like uh, you know. Obviously, uh, Daniel and Alan Seppenwall, uh, you know, Daniel Feinberg and Alan Seppenwall uh, from HitFix and, uh, you know, like uh, Mo Ryan from uh, Huffington Post uh, uh, was there. And, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, various, uh, you know, TV critics and uh, bloggers and podcasters and whatnot uh, are are usually among the, the group there. So it's kind of cool to get a chance to say hi to people that you don't uh, see a lot or uh uh, and usually don't end up running into a lot the rest of the time, you know. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll never score an invite to that one. <laughs> uh, lastly, the uh, I the last question I have is sort of like, what's your best memory story, et cetera, of the con? And uh, I saved uh, I saved this story for the end, <laughs> which was at the Constantine Press Room. Uh, I was sitting there 
I went to a table that where there was only two or three, you know, people uh, sitting at, and uh, I, you know, I knew one of the people there, and a lot of the, the two or three other tables were already kind of full, so I went and sat down there. A couple other people sat down, and so there was basically like one more spot left, you know, to sort of sit down. And this guy came over and sat down, and you know, Anthony and I were sort of chatting. Anthony from a Screen Rant, uh, and uh, we were just sort of chatting, and because uh, we, this was actually, uh, you know. It was Friday. This was the first time we'd actually bumped into each other uh, so far this this Comic Con, and uh, and this uh, guy came in, and sat down at the table, and he was just there for like a few seconds, and then all of a sudden he goes, uh, "We only get like a few minutes, you know, maybe five minutes at." Uh, and so I was wondering, who, you know, who else has uh, you know questions, or you know, if we want to like go around the table, or if somebody wants to go first, or and and Anthony was just like. Uh, everybody's sort of like looking at him like, what? And nobody's, and everybody's like, no, not, it's just, uh, yeah, it's short time. I, I said to him, I go, dude, if you've got questions, just, uh, you know, just jump in and ask if there's a lull, just ask a question. And Anthony's like, he goes, yeah, he goes, it's, uh, because the guy started in again, like, well, you know, but you know, we only have limited, he goes, he goes, Come on, man. He goes, this, he goes, he goes, round table. He goes, it's Thunderdome, man. He goes, and he goes, and you're trying to create the, uh, the United Nations in like a couple minutes before we're about to get somebody at our table. And, uh, and, uh, and the guy kept in again, uh, again, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something that, uh, and Anthony's not super, he, 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 He's very flippant and, you know, likes to make jokes about stuff, but something like set him off and he just goes, well, F you, man, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> and, you know, Anthony kind of, he feels pretty bad about it though, too. Like he's like, I sh-, later on, he was like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. But that, that guy is sort of stunned a little bit and he fired back with, no, F you, man, you're not going to. F and talk to me like that. And I'm sitting between the two of them. And all I'm thinking is, oh, man, this table has just gone to crap right before my eyes. <laughs> the, 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 the tension at this table is going to be weird. They're going to sit somebody down. Nobody's going to be able to do anything right. Uh, and <laughs> and then later, uh, like, but the guy actually, you know, he was a big fan of Constantine, you know, of Hellblazer. And also knew a lot about some of the people that were there and, you know, actually asked some pretty good questions, including one to like David S. Goyer about doing network television again. Cause he had said in an interview that he would never do network television again. And here he was doing a network television show uh, for NBC. And so, you know, and, and Anthony goes at the end of that, he goes, dude, that was a really good question. And Anthony was being serious that that was a really good question because it was, but that guy kind of took it like Anthony was still being an ass. <laughs> and uh, so, but you know, for the most part, it actually ended up being a pretty decent table uh, with questions and stuff, but it was a sort of a weird beginning that I've never seen anything like that happen before, but it gets better because I finished that press room and I went upstairs and I sat down for the person of interest press room and lo and behold, the guy that sat down at the table in Constantine comes over and sits down at my table. Mm, and he sat, there, he sat there for like 
a few seconds and he goes, you know, we only have a few minutes. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, seriously, dude, you're trying that again after what just happened in the last one? And he's like, I'm just, and I go, dude, I'm just giving you crap, but come on, man. <laughs> this is just, it's just really, come on just, now. And, uh, and then uh, to top it off, I was telling like Amory and Kurt and uh, I think Kyle, you were standing there and I can't remember who else was there, but at the NBC party, I was telling that story and I'm all like animated and telling the story <laughs> and I turned around and that dude was standing like three feet away from me behind me. Was he listening to the story? I don't know if he was, if he heard me or not, because, you know, it was kind of loud or whatever, but still I was like, dude, this guy is everywhere today, man. Everywhere he keeps, he's like right next to me every time. Oh man, that was uh, I've I've never seen uh, anything like, or been a part of anything like that. But uh, that's uh, that's that's definitely the story. My story of Comic Con. That was the the funniest and strangest thing that happened. And I'm really looking forward to listening to the uh, uh, the SR Underground podcast, uh, the Screen Rant podcast, for their. Uh, their uh, their Comic Con wrap up episode, mm. uh, which they recorded today as well or yesterday, uh, but uh, that because uh, apparently Anthony uh, talked about that a bit on the. Uh, I, I really want to hear what uh, uh, his thought was because I also <laughs> the next day at Sons of Anarchy I saw Anthony at another table and I I got up and I went over and I at to his table and I sat down and I was like. You know, we only have like five minutes or so with each of the people. And he goes, "Oh, dude!" You... Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the uh, the the sort of the big story that I came away with. I um I didn't really have any big, funny, you know, like earth shattering stories like that. I mean, uh, for me, like getting to sit down with Ron Moore for the first time ever was very cool. Um, sat down with a couple of people from the cast of Battlestar, um, Trisha Helfer for one, and that was a first for me. Now, if I have anything, and, and, I, and I'm going to give no detail for a variety of reasons, but I, I had a little con crush. I sat down with somebody at a table and it was first a little put off by this person, and then um, as we sat there and we started talking in between rotations and stuff like that, I was like, I almost want to be like, hey, uh, so you want to get together for dinner tonight? Yeah, just, just so nothing happened, unfortunately, and I will keep my peace on who that person was. But uh, it's always, it's always nice to meet people, right? You never know what'll happen. What will happen next year? That's true. You never, you never know. How about you, Kyle? Uh, so I think we already covered most of my crazy stories. Were in the Sons of Anarchy. One interesting thing was the whole um, in the Wayward Pines. Uh, press room how yes. Jaden Smith just happened to be <laughs> hanging out there for no reason and he was just causing so much he was right next to our table causing so much chaos because every single celeb that came over to our table wanted to go over there and say hi to him uh, at one point they even say oh you guys are all watching Jaden Smith aren't you like it, while we're talking to them but it was just causing a bit of, of chaos in the room yeah that was sort of the ultimate video photo bomb of the of the press room was uh, Jaden Smith in uh in an all white uh, Batman costume, uh, just like randomly talking with people behind our, it was, it was right behind our table and where the people were coming to sit down. So it was like everybody kept going over there. And so there's just like random people that keep showing up uh, in the background of the videos. So that should be, that should be really good. 
And then another Batman story. I was just running to go to the bathroom, and I see Adam <laughs> West. I see Adam West go into the bathroom right before me, and sure enough, then like the guards are standing in the guard, and like I just need to use the bathroom. I really don't care that Batman is going to the bathroom in there. <laughs> so then I had to go find some other bathroom because I didn't feel like waiting for him to to finally get out of the bathroom. But only at Comic Con do you run into those problems. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> SDCC problems. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for the uh, our Comic Con wrap up. If you went to Comic Con, uh, you know you should have told us so that we could have potentially said hi while you were there, but uh, and got any good stories. Uh, we'd love to hear those. Uh, you can let us know at uh, feedback at tvtimes three dot com or uh, in the comments on the uh, show notes of this post. And uh, I think uh, Ivy's got to jump off here, so uh, we'll say goodbye now to... Uh, I say I say adieu, gentlemen. Adieu. And uh, he's got to go to a screening. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say which one, but I will say, ooga-chaka, ooga-chaka, ooga-ooga, ooga-chaka. You guard that secret. Yes. Of which... <laughs> yes. Don't let the galaxy know about it. <laughs> all right, guys. See you later. See ya. Uh, all right. So, uh, Kyle, we'll jump to the uh, TV recommendations and then uh, close the thing out for uh, my recommendation. I was looking at all this stuff. Uh, actually, an interesting one. Can't really recommend it because I don't know anything about it or haven't seen it. Uh, but it looks pretty cool is the... Twin Peaks, uh, the complete, you know, like the entire mystery they're calling it. It includes the Fire Walk With Me mis- uh, movie uh, along with uh, the original series, all the episodes. Uh, that's actually one that uh, sounds interesting to me, but like I said, I can't really recommend it because I haven't actually seen it. But it's interesting to me because that's a show that I actually haven't really, other than seeing an episode here or there or, you know, kind of reading about it, I haven't really seen the... Uh, the show. Yeah, I've never watched that either, but if you're going to buy it, it's out in a giant Blu-ray set now <laughs> yeah. and a nice set, so now's the time. And, you did, you and, didn't double dip. Good yeah. for you. And ton- or triple dip. Yeah, that's right. And tons of and tons of special features that have been on previous ones, but also a bunch of new ones that come along with uh, the you know the Fire Walk With Me and, and stuff that haven't been on uh, a previous uh, DVD sets or anything, so... That one sounds kind of interesting, but my actual recommendation is Community, uh, the complete fifth season, uh, since we're actually going to be getting a sixth, and uh, the fifth was pretty good, but mostly for the uh, G.I. Joe episode. <laughs> that was, the, that uh, was super awesome, and uh, that, uh, so yeah, that's that's my recommendation. How about you, Kyle? Uh, so for me, I just happened to be checking my email this morning and saw some announcement that Wizards and Warriors, the complete series, was being released on DVD from Warner Archive, which that's their like manufacturer on demand type of thing. And for years, I had thought I had made this show up in my mind <laughs> <laughs> because I would explain it and feel like, what are you talking about? That doesn't exist. But it, it's a show that only ran for eight episodes on CBS in 1983. 
And um, and finally, about 15 years ago, I, I was justified. I found a copy of a copy of it on VHS. <laughs> you can prove to people that he <laughs> To prove that this actually existed. The quality was horrendous. Like, it just is one blurry mess. So I'm glad to see this is finally making it to DVD. And I actually already pre-ordered my, I already ordered my copy this morning as soon as I saw that. Uh, it's like a campy uh, comedy adventure series. Uh, starring Jeff Conaway uh, as like Eric Greystone, this prince who's engaged to this spoiled princess Ariel, who's played by Julia Duffy, uh, and there's this villain uh, Prince Dirk Blackpool, who's played by Duncan Rager, who I always think of as Dracula in the Monster Squad, but he's been in in other stuff as well, uh, and he has like this wizard advisor, but it's just like a action adventure but also with comedy mixed in it's just i'm wondering if they're striking with this now because of things like rain and gallivants coming which is more of a more of a comedy action it seemed like i i mean i'm I'm just shocked that it's ever that it's actually coming to dvd and now i can actually watch it clear uh once again i'll probably hate it but (laughs) i remember it being awesome when i was a kid so yeah, I can't wait to so, see yeah, it so, again. Yeah, the, the the childhood memories. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, yeah. I recommended uh, you know Briscoe County Junior a couple weeks ago that my DVD set showed up right before leaving for Comic Con, and na- it now sits in a pile next to things like Fargo that I want to catch up on and my DVR. That's, it's like too much. I want to I want to watch old stuff. I want to watch new stuff. I want to keep up with stuff. Oh man. It's just uh, there's so much stuff out there. Way too much. But, yeah, all right. Uh, That'll do it for this week. And uh, you can find uh, links to the news stories we talked about, uh, as well as the TV recommendations we just made, as well as where you can find uh, Ivy and Kyle online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 236. I always forget to mention it, but the the links uh, on the website uh, are affiliate links. Uh, if you start your Amazon purchasing there, it helps uh, us uh, fund things like our hosting and uh, stuff like that uh, for the podcast. And uh, it's always appreciable. You get the same deal you would get if you went to Amazon directly. Uh, but we get a few a few percentage sent back in our direction to help uh, support the podcast. Uh, and uh, next week, we'll be back with uh, more of a normal episode where hopefully I'll be caught up with some stuff so we'll actually have some shows to talk about. Uh, don't know exactly who uh, uh, both of the guests are uh, yet, but we'll definitely be back. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that'll do it for episode 236. Thanks, Kyle. And uh, also Ivy, who's uh, off to (laughs) guard his secret. (laughs) Uh, All right. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Uh, Ivy, say something, make sure I got you recording. Say something, make sure I got you recording. Oh, nice. And Kyle? Say something, make sure I got you recording. Oh, pretty good. Uh, i start my own version of telephone here on the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and see if, 
and by the time it came back around, it was uh, it was still the same message. We can see if we can tell each other's Comic Con stories. <laughs> Dude, most of my good stories, you guys were there for at least. I one. know that, <laughs> or we've already heard them a million times. I don't know. You, maybe you could. I mean, you could tell me my schedule better than I could tell me my schedule. So that, that was. So I'm sure. You're